all about. What what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be a part of a church? I I've had that question asked of me uh, uh, in several and in, in various different ways. Sometimes literally that. Sometimes more more clouded or more uh, uh, difficult or simpler ways than that. But sometimes it comes from from a person who doesn't know much about church, and they they want to know. They really want to know what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Sometimes. Sometimes that question comes from doubters, comes from people who, who maybe are, are looking from a little bit of an attitude of judgment or, or maybe they're questioning the church. They're, they're coming from a preconceived idea of what the church is or, or isn't. Sometimes that question comes from within the church, from believers that are longing to define their faith, from, from, from those who love the church, uh, love Christ, love being a part of the body of Christ, but, but aren't quite sure what that really means. What does it mean to be a, a, a Christian? What does it mean to be a part of a church? Uh, what does it mean in practical ways to be a Christian? And sometimes that question is a question that should be asked but isn't. Uh, sometimes we find ourselves comfortable. We find our, ourselves doing the same things over and over again, and we never stop to question. We never stop to ask ourselves, uh, is this what church is about? Is this what being a Christian is about? Now, I'm a, uh, I'm a visual learner, so I'm going to give you a, a visual today that you can refer back to. So, so if you're, if you're talking to someone or if you are someone that, that really doesn't know what church is about, but you're trying to figure out what, what does it mean to be a believer? Uh, you can, you can think back to this visual and, and maybe it will connect you to what that is. Or, or maybe you run into someone that, that has an attitude, a negative attitude towards the church. They look at the church and they think the church is a, a problem and, and has negative feelings. You can, can remember this visual and point out what the church is and what the sh- church should be. Or maybe, maybe if you're trying to just figure out and redefine for yourself what the church is, or if you've not been asking the question, but you should be, uh, you can refer back to this visual and it will remind you, it'll kind of reconnect you to what the church is. So let me, let me get that visual for you. Uh, just so that you'll know, the kingdom of God is like a box of cereal. Now, it doesn't have to be honey nut Cheerios, although they're, they're a, a good cereal. It can be what would have been my preferred Fruit Loops or uh, Frosted Flakes. Uh, it could be what I should be eating, uh, grape nuts or something along that line. I don't even know if they still make that, but, uh, but, but the kingdom of God, the, 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 the walk of the Christian should be like a box of cereal. If you have your Bibles, if your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter, uh, Mark chapter 10. We're going to read verses 35 to 45. We, we've been here before. In fact, in fact, a year ago, I preached on this, a couple different sermons on this text. So we're, we're kind of recapping, revisiting these verses as we finish the year today. But I want to point out something, and I want you to pay attention as we read this, as you read along with me, uh, and, and note and look for the, the reference to a box of cereal. It's there. So take your Bibles. If you have one, if, you, if it's on your phone, open up your phone. If, if you don't have a Bible, grab one in front of you uh, in the pew back. This, uh, this section, or at least some of these verses, are verses that you should have underlined in your Bible. So, so do that. If it's on your phone, you can highlight and underline it in your phone. 
if you have a pewback Bible, go ahead and take an underline in that. It's fine because this are verses that should be underlined. So if you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 10, 35 to 45, and look for the box of cereal. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked, which is kind of funny because he knew exactly what they were going to ask. They replied, let us one sit at your right hand, the other at your left in your glory. Well, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? We can, they answered. They answered enthusiastically. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I'm being baptized with, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. Uh, these places belong to those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard about this, so James and John had come to Jesus, the other ten were, were probably listening over the shoulder. So when the ten heard about this, they became indignant, they became upset, they became furious with James and John because James and John beat them to the punch. They, they would have asked the same thing. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, who are, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Now we're in the, the areas that you definitely should underline, uh, verses 40, 43 and on. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Did you see it? Did you see the box of cereal in those verses? It's, it's, it's kind of subtle, but did you see it? Did you catch it? No one's raising their hand. No one's uh, giving an answer. So, so let, me, let me peel back some layers here. Uh, and let's let's look at the text a little bit, and um, and as we do, may, maybe you'll end up seeing the box of Cheerios in that text uh, af- after all. Uh, one of the things that that we see when we look at Mark chapter ten is that Jesus' disciples, particularly here James and John, but the reality was it was all all twelve of them were in the same point. They they were missing the point. They. They were missing what Jesus had been talking about, what Jesus had been teaching them, what Jesus had been trying to get them to understand. James and John came to Jesus and they wanted to have places of, of honor. They, they wanted to, when Jesus came into authority, they wanted to be in a place of honor. In fact, had you asked them, uh, had you asked James and John, hey, what does, what does the church look like? What does it mean to be a, a, a follower of Christ? they probably would have given you the wrong answer. So the question we're asking today that we should be asking, they would have answered completely the wrong way. They wouldn't have said it's a box of cereal. I pointed out last week that uh, from Isaiah chapter 9 when when the prophet Isaiah said, and the government will be upon his shoulders, that they, they, they were missing the point. They misunderstood what Isaiah was prophesying when he said that. And, and it's easy to figure that out. It's easy to understand why they thought, man, Jesus is going to have an earthly kingdom. The government is going to be his. So it makes, makes sense to, to one sit at the right and one sit at the left when Jesus comes into his, his kingdom. But it must have been frustrating. It had to be so frustrating for Jesus to have spent all of his time. And at, at this point, it was literally almost three years into his ministry three years of teaching them what the kingdom was looking like, three years of telling them what it was like to be a follower of his, and, and they missed it. Uh, 
over Christmas, uh, or actually the couple days after Christmas, we had all the kids home in our house. Uh, next Christmas, if any of you have like a house we can rent that's bigger, or just a small room for Rita and I, we might, uh, no. Our, I, I told Rita that our house is getting smaller or, or uh, our kids, our, our grandkids are getting bigger, I guess. It just seems more and more compacted. But but we had kids running uh, everywhere, grandkids running everywhere. And and somewhere in the process, my grandson, Reed, uh, uh, got into a scuffle with one of the other cousins. Uh, it, it was a scuffle over a toy. He had a toy that, that, that someone took from him or someone had the toy that he wanted and 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 you know it was just a crisis and 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 his dad pulled him aside and and kind of gently and I, I was very impressed with how my son Caleb handled very gently spoke to him and talked to him about about sharing toys and and as he talked to him he said Reed now look at me and so Reed looked at him had a little bit of tear down his eye but he looked at him as as Caleb talked to him and he he explained how we share toys and let let it was probably Caden or uh, that. Caden that had the toy he wanted, you know, you let Caden play with a while and then it'll be your turn to play. And Caden went through this whole long explanation of how we share and how that's the right thing. And, and the whole time Reed's looking at him and he's kind of nodding, eyes, eyes locked onto Caden about nodding with him as he went along. And, uh, when he finished, Caleb kind of capped it off. And I, and I know Caleb had to be feeling one of these pride moments like, I'm nailing this parenting thing. I'm doing pretty good. And, and, but he, he capped it off by saying, do you understand, Reed? And Reed looked at him and nodded his head. Yes, Daddy, I understand. And then he said, but Daddy, I want that toy. <laughs> Jesus must have thought a little bit like that. He'd been telling them what his kingdom was about, what, what, what the purpose was. And, and right here when it was just about coming to fruition, when, when Jesus was about to go to the cross, when, when everything was really going to come to a head, they're saying... Yeah, we understand, but we want to be in charge. Uh, Jesus had been laying out his kingdom. And, and and I don't know if he thought they understood. Possibly he thought they understood, but obviously didn't. Because see, Jesus' kingdom, it, it's about people. It's about people. They wanted to be great. They wanted to be great. They wanted places of honor and and Jesus wanted them to be great. It was just a different great than what they thought. Martin Luther King says this, everyone can be great because anyone can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make a uh, make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't have to know Plato and Aristotle. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics. You only have to have a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Jesus, Jesus' point, the, the, the purpose of his ministry was people. His, his kingdom, his heart for the church's ministry then is about people. Church, we must always remember that it's about people. We must always keep that thought in front of us. We must always filter everything we do and all of our, our plans and all of our goals and all of our purposes through that idea that it's about people. You can't study the life of Jesus without realizing that the heart of his ministry, at the heart of what he was doing, at the heart of who he was, was him seeing, interacting with, and loving people. And what's even 
Even maybe more noteworthy is the people that Jesus was drawn to. It, it wasn't the it wasn't the the educated. It wasn't the powerful. It wasn't those that had prestige or those that could further his cause or those that could do something for him. Jesus was drawn to the powerless, the hurting, the broken, the ones left behind, the ones who had no one else, and the ones, most specifically, who had nothing to offer him. And church, we should be drawn to those type of people as well. See, they missed the they missed the point. James and John just totally blew it. They missed the point. It was about people. But but it was also about priority. I love Mark chapter 10. It is so full of, of rich teaching. I'm going to take the time to read it. But if you go back in Mark chapter chapter 10 to verse 17, uh, down through about uh, verse 27, 28, it talks about priority. A guy came to Jesus. He's described as a rich young ruler. So So he's a guy that has has everything that the people Jesus was drawn to didn't have. This guy had money, he had authority, he had prestige, he had a following. This guy was someone very important. And he came to Jesus and, and was questioning Jesus about how to, how to be a part of his kingdom. And Jesus basically said, well, if you want to follow me, then sell everything you have and, and give it away and come follow me. We know the story. The guy was very upset because he, uh, he had a lot of stuff and he couldn't do it. And then we see, uh, then we see Jesus uh, saying at the, towards the end of the verse, it says, his disciples were amazed and said, who then can, can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it's impossible, verse 27, but with God all things are possible. Back in October, I flew down to El Paso to take the pictures for our Operation Anapra boxes. And uh, I had a layover in the Phoenix airport, about an hour and a half layover. And so I... Uh, uh, I, I got off the plane, kind of located where my next uh, uh, gate was, and then I began walking around. And as I walked through the Phoenix airport, you're going to find this hard to believe, I saw Patrick Mahomes. Jealous? Anyone jealous? Yeah. I saw Patrick Mahomes. Well, not really Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I, I saw a picture of Patrick Mahomes. Well, it was actually on a cardboard sandwich box sitting outside a store. But it was Patrick Mahomes, and I'm thinking, I'm in Phoenix. Why is Patrick Mahomes' likeness there? He, he was, he, he had a pair of, of, of headphones on. I don't, I don't remember what the brand, whatever the most expensive brand that you'd buy in an airport. Anyone ever bought headphones in an airport, by the way? I would suggest not. But, but, but outside this, I don't know if it was Bose or what it was, there was a picture of Patrick Mahomes. Now, he wasn't in his cheap gear, but I knew it was Patrick. You could tell by the hair, the face. He had these headphones on. And, and literally what it was, I remember being shocked. In Phoenix, even Patrick Mahomes is known, and people care who he was. Now, now imagine if Patrick Mahomes showed up to Jesus. Rich? Well, Patrick Mahomes isn't as rich as he's going to be, but... But but he's made more money in endorsements than most of us will make in a lifetime. Uh, uh, young, boy's a young guy. Uh, uh, a, a ruler, man, he rules the football field, doesn't he? And and his but he is he's so that he was Patrick Mahomes is the rich young ruler. What if Patrick Mahomes showed up to to our church and he asked someday, hey guys, what can I do? How can I be a part of this church? 
How quickly would the elders fire me if I said, Patrick, sell everything you have, give up football, and join our church? <laughs> I would be out that back door. Well, hopefully not, but, uh, but, but do you see where that's coming from? It's about priority. The disciples were amazed that Jesus told Patrick Mahomes, sell it all and follow me. Now, he really was just trying to teach them a lesson and, and teach this guy a lesson. It really was about priority. The, 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 the verse there, verse, uh, uh, 26, I believe it is, says, um, gotta flip back my Bible. Verse 20, uh, 26 says they were amazed. It's the, the Greek word for amazed there is thombo, which means they were frozen. It has the idea of terror. They were unable to move. They couldn't believe that Jesus turned this guy away. This guy that could, could give them legitimacy, that could, could finance their ministry, that could do so much for what they were about. But Jesus pointing out it's about priority. And then we see it from that last verse in this text. It's about purpose. Why did Jesus come? Uh, for even the Son of Man, verse 45 says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. So Jesus came for two reasons. He came to serve, and he came to die, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus' purpose was to live for us, to serve us, to serve others, to serve people, and it was to die for us to cover our sins. That was his purpose. See, they were missing the point and somehow they missed the picture jesus had been painting this this beautiful tapestry of what his purpose was he he hadn't been teaching theoretical points he he hadn't gathered his disciples around him and in a classroom kind of setting and said okay when i'm gone this is what i want you to do i, I want you to start living like i it, that's not what he did jesus actually just lived that way if if you had asked what, what Jesus did with his ministry, they probably would have been confused, but they would have come up with the right answer. Well, well, he does this, and he does that, and he does that. It's not what they thought he should be doing, but Jesus was always reaching out to people. Jesus was always serving other people, and they were missing the point. See, Jesus met, and you can't, you can't get away from this, Jesus met physical needs. You can't see the ministry of Jesus. You can't see his day-to-day -day life without realizing that Jesus prioritized meeting physical needs. Every time he performed a miracle, miracle. every time uh, he, he saw the pain in someone else's eyes, every time he saw the hurt in their heart, every time he saw their uncertainty, he was seeing their physical need. Whether it was giving sight to the blind, healing a leper, casting out a demon, giving a paralytic back the use of his legs or breathing life back into someone that was dead, whether it was feeding 5,000 or 4,000 or, or giving, giving purpose to someone that no one ever noticed, he was meeting physical needs. Church, we, we can't get around the fact that God calls us, God calls us to meet physical needs. Jesus also met relational needs. We're, we're not just about meeting the needs of, 
of people or meeting the physical needs of people, but also relating to them. Jesus didn't just meet physical needs. He also met relational needs. He constantly broke down barriers, whether it was with the poor or the lost, whether it was with women or children. Jesus broke down barriers. Jesus talked to the woman at the well. He picked up children in his arms. He welcomed tax collectors, and he touched lepers. Jesus always built relationships with people. Jesus builds relationships with people even though there was no promise that they would would reciprocate. There was no promise that they would come follow him. Church, our mission should be aimed at building relationships with people, not just in the body, but outside the walls of the church. And, and don't miss, Jesus met spiritual needs. Certainly he met physical needs. Certainly he met relational needs. But Jesus, at the heart of his ministry, touched people where their greatest need was. And that was their spiritual need to give them purpose and hope and forgiveness and acceptance. So, what is a box of cereal? What does a box of cereal have to do with the kingdom? Why, why when, when I wonder what I need to be doing as a believer, why, why do I need to think about a box of Honey Nut Cheerios? or Fruit Loops, or Frosted Flakes, or whatever it might. Why do I need to remember a box of cereal? When someone someone looks down their nose and they question the ministry of the church and the validity of the church, why, why do we need to point out that there's a box of cereal in the church? And that represents Jesus. Let me, let me finish this morning by pointing it out this way. Guys, you can come on up if you want to. Our, our goal as a church is to meet needs, to meet Physical needs, relational needs, and spiritual needs. And, and specifically, this is only the reason I did the box of cereal today. We, we're going to be starting a new ministry here at Troy Christian after the first of the year. Uh, we, we'll be partnering with Highland Community College and a, a ministry that's, that's run on the campus called, uh, Campus Covered. Uh, it's a ministry that just provides food for college students that need a little extra help. And, and so for the next three or four weeks, the next month or so, we're, we're, we're going to be asking you to step alongside us and, and donate boxes of cereal. Uh, I, I met with Josh Clary. Josh Clary's the guy that runs the campus cupboard as well as other things at Highland Community College. I met with him a couple of weeks ago and, and, and I looked at the cupboard and I asked Josh several questions. And I asked, one of the questions I asked him, I said, Josh, well, when people come and they, they need food and, and he kind of explained what it was. There's a lot of, a lot of students from out of uh, out of town, out of state, and they don't have anything. That they only have certain meals covered, and then they're you know they don't have money for stuff. And if they did, the only place they could buy it is at a convenience store, and and, and so they're able to come there. And I said, well, Josh, what do, what do they get? And they said, well, they can get five items. I said five items. So so I said, what well, what's considered an item? Well, they they had cans of soup. He said, well, that's an item, and they had. Uh, they had ramen noodles, a little package of ramen noodles. Well, a package of ramen noodles is an item. And then they had cereal. Because I asked him, I said, well, what are some of the more popular things? He said, well, cereal is the most popular thing we give away. And they had cereal. But you know what? They had those little individual uh, little individual packages. You, you can buy a bunch of them, break them apart, and you just pour the milk right in the, 
in the bowl. They had those. And so I asked him, I said, so Josh, is one of those an item? He said, yeah. That's, so if they get five of those, which that's, that's barely enough cereal to cover one meal for, for one of my kids or for me when I eat cereal, that, that, that would cover it. So I said, you know, Josh, is it okay if we support this? Because what we're going to be doing is just helping provide food for them. Uh, can, can we buy instead big boxes of cereal? And that count as one item instead of buying these little ones? He said, that would be perfect. So church, we're, we're going to have an opportunity coming up to partner with this ministry. And, and actually, I, I, I'm hoping my prayer is that someone th- just tosses out. Someone will, will say, you know what? I, I want to be a, I, I want to lead that ministry. I want to partner with someone else and lead that ministry. Cause don't take this the wrong way. I don't want to lead that ministry. If I have to, I will. But, but you know, I don't, I don't want to. I've got enough other stuff going on. Man, if there's someone here that would say, you know what? I'll, I'll take, I'll take that on and I'll, I'll be in charge of that. That, that would be super. Uh, but we're going to start doing that. And one thing, like I said, this first month, we're just getting boxes of cereal. So if you'll bring them, set them on the back table when you come into church, I, I, I want to cram that, that closet full of boxes of cereal. So the next time kids show up, I think it's about midway through January when they open the closet, they'll look in there and they'll see boxes. And, uh, I'd suggest Fruit Loops and Frosted Flakes and sugar cereals. College kids like those. Uh, but we're going to have an opportunity to, to be a blessing. Uh, we'll be talking about this hopefully in the next couple months, but we're going to start another ministry. Uh, my, my dream is in the next couple months that that's going to require the whole church to get behind it. Uh, if, if we do this, then I, I'll guarantee you I can't be in charge and I can't do it. It's going to take, a, it's going to take all of us to make it work. I'll tell you more about it later on, but, but, but church, when we think about what it is to be a Christian, Think about a box of cereal. If a box of cereal blesses someone, aren't we called to do that? Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. We have, we have all kinds of ministries here in the church, whether it's Cadence Closet, Haven House, going to children's, Ron McDonald House of Children's Mercy, mission trips, Operation in Napa, our alms ministry, our prayer ministry, uh, many needs in Sunday school and children's church and nursery. We have, we have all kinds of places where you can step up and get involved. See, the church is about hitting the point, and that's serving like Jesus and seeing the picture, seeing what Jesus did, and then following through with that in our own life. Would you bow with me? Father, we pray this morning that you will help us understand what you want from us. You came not to be served, but to serve. Father, help us. Help us uh, define our faith, define our church, define our ministry with a box of cereal. Uh, a box that meets a physical need so that, that we have an opportunity to meet in a relational way. And Father, that opens a the door then for the ultimate way that we can relate to people, and that's through spiritual relationship with them and meeting the spiritual need in their life. Father, guide us. Guide us as a church to have the heart of Jesus, to be like Jesus each and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.